I want everyone to think of different words and characteristics this morning that describe God. For example, how would you explain God to somebody? How would you describe him? You could use all kinds of adjectives to describe the character of God. When preparing for this sermon, I asked different people this question. If you could describe the character of God in one word, what would it be? I heard a variety of answers from faithful to understanding, forgiving, safe, sufficient, trustworthy, peacemaker, powerful, and father. We all experience God in different ways, so all of these words make sense. God is most definitely faithful. He is definitely trustworthy. We all know he's forgiving. But of all the many answers that was given, there was one word that stuck out to me most and that was giving the most, love. So why is it that love was used to describe the character of God more than any other word? Some people may have come to the conclusion based off scripture from reading God's word and reading about his love. Maybe they've come to this conclusion from tradition, going to church on Sunday, sitting in Sunday school, reading daily devotionals, or just learning from others. Or perhaps they've come to this conclusion because they've personally experienced God's love. This past week, I had the opportunity to travel down to Epworth-by-the-Sea in St. Simons for a closing retreat for my internship. We had the opportunity to talk a little bit about the ups and downs of ministry and the internship, but we also had some really cool opportunities to share some, some cool stories about how God is moving in our lives and in people's lives around us. One of the pastors shared a story about a woman in her church who completely shines with the love of Christ. This woman comes prepared every Sunday morning to stand in the back of her church and wait for anyone to, anyone to welcome who may be new that morning. Not only does she strive to be very welcoming to those people, but she's very intentional about the way that she does this. No matter who walks in the door, she's prepared to welcome them, and if, com- if they're comfortable with it, she'll ask them for their phone number so that she can check up on them throughout the week. The pastor was explaining how dedicated this woman was by explaining that one time um, this woman's husband had been put in the hospital. And although she was with her husband at the hospital on Monday morning, she was still continuing to make her phone calls to all those who had been new the Sunday before. Maybe they needed to experience God that week. I think this is a perfect example of what it can look like to experience God's love. When you've truly experienced the love of God, the truth is such an experience of love cannot be contained, meaning it's meant to be shared. God's love is meant to be reciprocal. When you've experienced God's love, it's not something you want to keep for yourself. As we experience his overflowing love, we will in turn desire to make that love known to others, just like the woman standing at the back of her church waiting to welcome people that come in. Jesus was the best example of anyone. Throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus showed his love for others by blessing and serving those who were rich, religious, the Pharisee, the poor, the sick, the distressed, the Samaritan, the leper, the foreigner, the adulteress, the tax collector, the sinner, those who were seen as unworthy, those just like you and me. God loved us so much that he sent his son to love, to live and love among us. That's why we should love others because as it says in verse nine and 10, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son and to the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. We did nothing to deserve his love. In fact, we did the exact opposite. We've all been there. We've all made mistakes. 
said something that shouldn't have been said or done the wrong thing at the wrong time and so on. But that's the greatest thing about God's love. It's perfect even when we're not. All you have to do is put your trust in him and his perfect love for you. Verse 16 says, we know how much God loves us and we have to put our trust in his love. When you put your trust in God, you begin to understand and experience his perfect love for you. It's then that you can develop an authentic relationship with God, which will then result in an abundance of love for those around you. That's a result of Christ's love that changes our hearts. It's the love of Jesus that takes us from being dead to being alive. When you have that relationship with Christ, it becomes more about wanting to love others because you love God, rather than just loving others because it's the right thing to do. I'm currently reading a book called Your First Two Years in Youth Ministry by Doug Fields. One of the chapters focuses on your personal spiritual growth, and one of my favorite quotes in this chapter reads this, Loving God leads to loving others, but loving others doesn't necessarily lead to loving God. Without the love for God, there's not a true change of heart. Without God, without God, sorry, (laughs) if we cannot authentically love God, how are we all to authentically love others? That's the only way it's possible not to reveal God's love to others is if we haven't experienced it for ourselves. Through our authentic relationship with God, we experience his perfect love, and then we will in return shine with that love to others. Verse 12 says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. When we love people, they can see God. Isn't that amazing? We, don't, we can't see God. At least I know I've never seen what God looks like, but I do know that I've seen him through the genuine acts of love through other people. It reminds me of the Pay It Forward movement. If you haven't heard of this, Pay It Forward Day is a global initiative that exists to make a difference by creating a huge ripple of kindness felt across the world. Their hope is that people pay kindness forward every day and make each day a little bit brighter. They believe that small acts, when multiplied by millions of people, can literally change the world for the better. People have been really creative with this too. Some people have paid for someone's cup of coffee when you're in line at a coffee shop. Some people have paid for uh, the person's food behind them in the drive-thru line. Or some people have just helped each other out. But each act of kindness is intended to spread by others and then them with them paying it forward in their lives to reach more and more people. I think that's how God's love can move too. By loving others, people can see God's love which can lead to a change of heart that can affect more and more people as that love continues to spread to others. But see, sometimes we like to choose who think deserves our love. You don't know who's in that car in the drive-thru line behind you, so how do you know they really deserve for their meal to be paid for? Now, I'm not telling you to go out and pay for everyone's food or go through extreme measures to show others love. There's plenty of ways you can show love to others but I am asking you to think about how we love and if it sometimes has limitations. Over the last three weeks, the youth group has been going over a series called Haters. They've been focusing on what it's like um, when others are hateful to them as well as when ourselves sometimes have a hateful spirit. Sometimes we have an idea of who we think deserves love from us or even deserves love from God. The first week of the series, the youth group talked about the story of the adulteress and how the people wanted to stone her. Jesus comes in and points the finger right back at everyone else. None of us deserve God's love. So why do we try to justify our love to others? 
Just as we think other people do not deserve our love, we do not deserve God's, but yet he still loves us. God doesn't love with limitations and neither should we. Verse 19 says it perfectly. We love each other because he loved us first. Not because anyone or we deserve it, but because God loves us, we are also to love. Verse 20 really spoke to me. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? Now, if that doesn't make you stop and think, if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? That's why the two greatest commandments are to love God and love others. They come hand in hand. Loving God should follow with a love for others. It reminds me of the famous words from MLK. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. I went to a youth retreat in high school with my youth group from back home, and we did this very memorable activity that has always stuck with me, and I would like to share that with you this morning. You may have heard of it before. We read over 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the chapter of love, and we discussed the different ways that love exists. And after we read the scripture, we were given slips of paper with just verses four through seven on them. But where the word love was, it had been replaced with the word God. And I want to read it to you. God is patient and kind. God does not envy or boast. He is not arrogant or rude. He does not insist in his own way. He is not irritable or resentful. He does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. He bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Now, it was very powerful to read in comparison with love to God and God to love. But then we were asked to turn the paper over, and verses 4 through 7 were also on the back. But instead, where God and love had been, there was a blank. We were asked to fill in the blanks with our own names, so I would like to read mine, and I would like for you to keep in mind your name as I read this. Caroline is patient and kind. Caroline does not envy or boast. She is not arrogant or rude. She does not insist on her own way. She is not irritable or resentful. She does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. She bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Now this was a very eye-opening moment for me. When I read it with God's name in place of love, it seems normal. Of course God is all those things. But when having to ask to put my name in place of love, I realize that the way I love others does not always look like that. It can sometimes show us where we place limitations on our love towards others. And although we are not perfect, and we are not always able to love without error, we should always strive to love like God, showing that love towards Him and to others. Throughout my internship here at Pittman Park, I've been learning about the local church and discerning my call into ministry. Through this nine-month internship, while I've learned a lot about the church, I've also learned a whole lot about myself and the plans that God has for my life. I've learned so much through this experience, but I could not tell you a definite answer about the area of ministry I feel God leading me to. But with that being said, I can say this. Of everything that I've experienced here through my discernment process, I know one thing to be true. No matter where God leads me in the future, whether that be working in ministry or working at Walmart, I know I'm called to love. Whether I one day work with children, youth, family ministries, become a pastor, or even not in ministry at all, 
I know my job and purpose is to love others so that in that love, they can see a glimpse of God because God is love. I believe that's not just true for me, but that's true for all of us who claim to be followers of Christ. We may not be called to preach or be a youth leader or be a missionary. It doesn't matter if we're a lawyer, a teacher, a nurse, a video game designer, a construction worker, a mother or father, a daughter and son, a friend, or an enemy. We are all called to love and show others what it's like to experience God's perfect love. Through that authentic love, people will see God in us and have the opportunity to come to know Christ. We can help grow the kingdom of God by sharing his love to others. We should strive to actively share the love of Christ daily. Ask God to open your hearts and minds and to reveal someone to you who may need to experience the love of God. It may be someone you know really well, or it may be someone you met in the back of the church this morning. Since God loves us, he has called you and me to love. So how can we share God's love with someone this week?